You're listening to the Lux Life Discovered Podcast, where we talk with people who are living a lifestyle that reflects their passion, because we believe everyone should be living their best life, their Lux Life. The show is hosted by Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group, a premier national event planning company, and co-hosted by Shannon Richmond, the vice president of the Panama City Beach Chamber of Commerce. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notifications of future episodes. The show is produced by 30A Media and is broadcast on your favorite podcast outlets, as well as YouTube, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TVs, and other major brand smart TVs. Hello, I'm Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group, the host of Lux Life Discovered. My co-host is Shannon Richmond with the Panama City Beach Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Are you ready for another great podcast? Oh, I already know I'm going to love it. Oh, good. Our guest today is Tess Mann, who is with Couture by Tess. And Tess, thank you for taking your time to be part of our podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I am uh, just thrilled, super excited, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to ask me. Oh. Well, it's going to be fun. We had fun talking on the phone yesterday when I was driving down to Panama City Beach and had a great conversation. And then our just little glitches before we went, you know, started recording. It just makes mm-hmm. it more fun and kind of breaks the ice and gets us ready for, for what is ahead. <laughs> so kind of give us a background. Because you have been into fashion since you were a young girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell us how that started. You were telling me that yesterday, and I thought it was very interesting. Gosh, you know, it's it's such a long story. I, I once said to uh, an individual that asked me, I said, this could take decades for me to talk about. Uh, I started off uh, in fashion just as a young girl uh, coming from a financially struggling family in the 60s. So a lot of what we did back then was we had a lot of hand-me-downs. So if there were, you know, families that had a lot of daughters, their daughters outgrew the clothing, they would give them to us. And my mom and I would take them apart and we'd make them more fashionable and up to date and uh, just take them apart. You know, back then I didn't know you couldn't mix stripes with polka dots, you know, kind of, you know, faux pas. Uh, but we just had so much fun and we would go to the five and dime stores and buy material and make our own clothing because we really couldn't afford back then everything was boutiques and, you know, high-end shops. So you had to really be frugal about where you uh, spent your money for clothing, especially, you know, with children that I grow them so quickly. Uh, and that just kind of continued all through high school. And, uh, at that time I couldn't afford to attend college. So I thought about participating in the Miss America, uh, scholarship competition, of course, not realizing I had to have a formal evening gown. So then my mother and I actually, uh, created my own formal evening gowns, competition, uh, attire and, Uh, I just continued on through that uh, through uh, 1987. I was actually uh, Miss Greater New Britain up in Connecticut and then later Miss Hartford County again. Wow. Uh, Both times was a top finalist in the Miss Connecticut scholarship competition, interview winner, talent winner. I used to sing study opera. Um, And I just always really loved fashion, but I knew from a very young age that that was for me, not where 
my bread and butter would be down the road because again, you had to have money to go to New York or Paris or, you know, you had to have money to even work with another designer. But my first love from a very young age was psychopathology. I actually would read up on John Douglas, serial profiling. I wanted to go into psychopathology, psychology, criminology. So that is what I attended college for. So I, I just, you know, I had about uh, 15 years in the psychiatric arena. I was a psychiatric intern. I worked for Whiting's Forensic Hospital as an intern, Summers Prison. So this is all up in Connecticut, up in New England. Um, and continued on, uh, went and pursued um, training for my master's. And we just really loved the entire field of criminology. DNA analysis was just coming out. And in 1998, I finally reached my goal, which was I was recruited by the FBI in 1998. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was a federal officer uh, with the FBI. I was a special agent with the FBI from um, I finished Quantico and graduated in February of 2000. Uh, so I was actually on board in 2019 and I went in under the age wire. So I squeaked in under the age limitation at 37 and uh, I retired in 2019, but knowing I was going to retire, I really wanted to do something where people would be happy to see me and I wouldn't be bringing a set of handcuffs. So I decided <laughs> to go back into fashion and, um, I had to go through a long vetting process with the FBI because I started my own business out of my home. But the big thing is, you know, when you're in government service and, you know, you're serving the public, the whole thing is you cannot be at risk of not being on call. So they had to make sure that I was working out of my home. I didn't have a storefront. You know, there's a vetting process you have to go through because I would have to drop everything I was doing if I was called to report to duty for an emergency or something, you know, along that line. Uh, but I retired in 2019, but I started with my own fashion designs in 2013, knowing that I would have to have this started before I retired. And in 2018, I received my trademark from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So uh, that trademark to me was really important because it showed that the work was my, was my own I wasn't duplicating anybody else's work. I wasn't copying other individuals' designs. Uh, so that was really um, kind of a, a coup for me to have received my trademark. And here I am today. Wow. Yesterday when we were talking, she said, you know, in 98, I, I um, went to work for the FBI and, you know, I spent 20 years there. And I'm like, how's that 20 years? That should be like a couple of years ago. You know, oh, it's yeah. amazing how yeah. time flies by. but. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I don't know of anybody that can match a background like that. That's wow. just interesting. And it was, a, it was a rewarding career. Yeah. Well, definitely. And it's just amazing how you took the, how fashion was such an influence in the beginning of your life because of necessity and mm -hmm. being creative. And then you go into a pa your passion that you love and then you're coming back to fashion. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I didn't know about the uh, Miss America competition. That's impressive. Oh, so, yeah. Long ago. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I look back and go, why did I ever do that? <laughs> I, I was, and my, my problem for me is 
I always suffered with really bad stage fright. So for me, that it was so out of my comfort zone, but I knew the only way that I could attend college and pursue a career and an education was through scholarships. So definitely yes. put me out of my comfort zone. I learned an awful lot. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you knew what you wanted and you went for it, even mm -hmm. though you were afraid. And knew the routes to go. Yeah. To get oh, it. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, that's awesome. Very, very much. Yeah, very much an introvert. So it was very difficult, very difficult. Are you wow. still an introvert? For the most part, I, you know, I actually am. I enjoy speaking with people, uh -huh. but it takes a lot of energy for me to get to that point where I'm like, okay, we got to think about four hours and we really have to be engaging <laughs> with people. So. so when you went to work for the FBI, were you one of the few women at that time? I never mm -hmm. thought about yes. that till just now. So, yeah. Yes, in my class, we only had four women. Um, all of them graduated, but we did have one that decided not to pursue. It was a little too um, probably challenging or aggressive for her. Um, but we only had three women in my class that continued on in a career with the FBI, at least in my class in 2000. Did you, did you update all their uniforms with some beautification? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, Quantico is very strict, very rigid. There are certain <laughs> okay. dress codes that you have to adhere to. So they want everybody to be the same. There is no difference, no, you know, differentiation between male, female, and ah. you know. So, yeah, that was a tough field yeah. for a woman. Mm -hmm. That's yes. awesome. Either either you can do the job as an agent, or you know, you don't belong there. Or as an agent, did you hear right. that? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. I love that. So then you you. Already start thinking about after life after retirement and mm -hmm. couture by Tess evolved, right? Correct. Okay. And then tell us about your other line you have as well. And then about your lines, like. Yes. Uh, so the couture by Tess collection, the couture by Tess brand is a um, high quality dress brand focusing on incredible structure of the dresses, fine materials, um, but not as expensive as a haute couture collection. So phrase haute couture is your silks, your satins, your cards using Swarovski crystals. So the haute couture is a finest fabric creation of Ooh. fashion as well as, and a lot of people don't know the difference of, you know, what is couture? I had what is couture? Yeah. Um, so the haute couture is, you know, the finest collection of fabrics and creation of fashion and design, but also the ability to custom design, create, um, whether it be embroidery, you know, the designs, working with the bride, it, you know, it's a very extensive, long process. But having that unique piece um, that, you know, makes it, you know, either a one of a kind or a collection that, you know, few are um, able either to afford, you know, which you hate to say, um, but, you know, you are using the finest quality fabrics. So either able to afford or they may not appreciate the unique designs because usually hot couture is a little to the left. So you're showing fashion creation. You may not necessarily be expecting a huge number of people to fall in love with your designs, but it's your expression of art. 
Right. Whereas, you know, the couture is more for people to actually probably purchase in mass. Okay. So I'm assuming you're no longer working out of your home. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we found this beautiful old building in Cookville that needed an awful lot of work. It has these gorgeous uh, metal ceilings and um, we refurbished this. It was, you know, falling apart. There wasn't any plumbing. The electricity was... Uh, so it was a labor labor of love. Uh, it took us about nine months, and we literally finished it about two hours before the grand opening. Oh wow! So it, it, yeah, it, it was a little bit of a, a stressful time, but uh, we love it. We love it. And when brides come here, they're they just kind of like, oh, because I bet. it is different. Yeah, it's not the typical white and ivory and. Um, right. You know, we have, you know, probably 20 foot ceilings with these, you know, metal stamped, you know, plates on the wow. ceiling and brick and um, we, yeah, we love it. I'm just happy we have bathrooms. Oh, <laughs> so what is the most popular dress for a bride? Is there a certain um, style or fashion that's 2023 that's trending? Oh, you know, uh, it, it's so hard because some designers will say it's very you know, simplistic, the boho. Um, chic is also very popular. A lot of brides are liking, like I said, the simplicity of either like um, a very plain crepe or a satin or a mikado. But just when you think that could possibly be the trend, suddenly you'll have 10 brides that want beading and, you know, glitter fabric and some brides will want balloon sleeves. Some brides will want, you know, strapless. So it's really difficult. Every bride is very unique. And I think every region of the country is very unique too. Yeah. So not only as a designer, but as a bridal shop owner, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to change direction very quickly. Because if you are depending on only what people are looking at for that moment and you're not projecting forward, then you know you're going to lose business and do yourself a disservice and a disservice to your brides because you're not going to have the inventory they want. So we try to keep a very eclectic collection variety of dresses. Our shop has about 1,400 dresses here. Ooh. So wow. yeah. yes, yeah. So we try to have something here for everybody. The bride that's very modern, that wants simplistic. The girl who wants the Cinderella dress somebody who wants very unique haute couture, Parisian style, up to our um, Egyptian, very huge luxury ball gowns. So we have quite a large selection here. So not only do I have my own designs here, but we actually uh, sponsor and support several bridal brands that we uh, think brides will love here in our boutique. That's so nice. So how many brides do you think you get to come through in a year? Oh, I probably would say we most likely have most likely have between 200 and 250, 250 brides come through. And, you know, they're not all purchasing brides, uh, but for a very um, we're about an hour from Nashville, about an hour from Knoxville and about an hour and a half from Chattanooga. So we do get a lot of brides from everywhere. Sometimes we can help them. We have what they want. You know, sometimes we don't. But I would say on average, you know, we have between 200 and 250 brides per year. Of course, we'd like to expand that. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, 
right now that's a lot you know it's still a lot that is a lot and so go ahead go ahead so what kind of like if a bride comes in and they really don't know what they're looking for i'm sure you guys walk them through the process but how long does that process take per bride per se like if they don't know what they want yeah yeah that's a really good question and it's one that we constantly educate our brides with not only here in the store, but on Instagram, you know, TikTok and other social medias is wedding dress shopping is an educational process. A lot of brides will show you picture on Pinterest and say, I love this dress. This is my dream dress. And what they don't understand is what may look good on that model in the picture may not actually look good on your own body. Our bridal consultations are about an hour and a half to two hours. And we actually sit down and speak with them, see what their likes are, what their desires are, what fabrics they are gravitating toward. Do they have a theme for their wedding? Are they doing Game of Thrones, Bridgerton? Are they doing a 1950s style wedding? So we're really trying to figure out what is what, what are you seeing for yourself for the wedding? Now let's talk about fabrics. What fabrics do you enjoy? What have you gravitated towards when you've gone to formals? Are you a ball gown girl? Have you always gone to prom in a slim fitted, you know, column or mermaid style or trumpet style? So when they come to our consultation, we really want to get to know this bride's past behavior as well as what are they envisioning? So once we have an idea, we then will say, all right, so we are going to take a look at the different silhouettes. I know you really, really are thinking that you want a trumpet or a mermaid, but you've never tried on an A-line or a ball gown or a fit and flare. We're going to throw you a few wild cards. So we let them go out on the floor with us and pick dresses that they're gravitating towards. And then we will also say to them, in order to get the best bridal experience, we want you to trust us and try on a few dresses that we will bring to you. And, you know, if we were looking at percentages, you know, I want to say eight out of 10 times, the bride picks the wild card that we brought to them because they never would have imagined themselves in that dress. So we always tell the brides, you know, keep an open mind. You know, obviously, as we're going through the consultation, we're going to get your feedback, what you're liking, what you're not liking. Let's put a bathrobe on and go back out to the floor and pick more dresses. So we're giving them that opportunity. Uh, in addition to that, none of our bridal consultants work off a of commission. So we encourage them to take pictures, go home, think on it. That's Wedding dress shopping is a business contract. It is a pragmatic not an emotional purchase. You need to be absolutely sure that this is the wedding dress that you want for your wedding. Because once you go home, a lot of bridal shops will not offer a refund or exchange. So you need to make sure 100%. And we tell them, don't even look at your pictures tonight. Have, you know, go to bed, have a cup of coffee, look at your pictures later, clear your brain, just absorb the experience and then look at your pictures later. And that's definitely rare because most bridal salons don't recommend that. They want that sale mm -hmm. before you leave. Yeah, they want that. So, yeah. you know, they're constantly saying to brides, is this your dress? Are you ready to say yes? Is this the one? Is this the one? Pressure, and, pressure, pressure. And what brides don't realize, and again, this is me you know, with my psychology background, 
when a bride cries because she finds her dress, usually it's because of stress. You know, it, it's not necessarily about that dress is the one. It's, it's over. It's they're so stressed out with the whole shopping experience. And, you know, a lot of times it's um, emotional that, you know, maybe their dad passed away and they're thinking about their dad would have loved the dress or grandma or some or someone else that's not present. But usually crying, we're going, are you okay? What's, what's, what's the matter? What happened? Why, why are you most of, right, most of our brides, when they find the dress that's theirs, they're very quiet and they go, okay, I'm done. We're like, oh, she didn't like anything. No, this is it. <laughs> this is the one I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to shop anymore. We're like, oh, okay, great. So it's, it's very, um, um, very decisive when it's the right dress. You know, it, it shouldn't be too emotional unless there's something else going on. I was talking with a potential bride in Arkansas last night, doing their planning their wedding for them, mm-hmm. and they have the venue they want. There's a date available in August, but she won't commit to that date because she hasn't looked for a dress yet. She says she's short. Mm-hmm. It's going to require a lot of alterations, and she doesn't want to be stressed thinking I have to find a dress between now and August and have it altered and all of that. What's I know it's kind of hard. It depends on the bride and the style and all that. What's a typical turnaround? Say if they came in and found the dress in your shop, what alteration turnaround time? What what could a bride mm-hmm. normally expect? Well, the, there's a few caveats to that. Um, we are, and I hate to say brides are not aware or not as well educated as they should be with time frames. Most designers want six to eight months to order a dress. Right. Oh, I so had no clue. A bride, a bride shopping right now is almost out of luck. She's going to have to go with stock. On top of that, seamstresses want six to eight weeks at minimum to work on the dress. So that's smart of that bride. Oh, yeah. In fact, what I told her last night, I said, you know, let's don't set a date for the wedding. You, you go mm-hmm. look for your dress, start now, and then... Yeah. Once you find your dress, then we'll know from there. Then you, yeah, to set the date. Right, right. And the and group August is like, oh, wedding. just get a dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the dress is important. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 The, the August wedding would almost be impossible to order from, um, especially from a, a really good designer. Um, and it depends on what's happening in the world as well. A lot of designers use China. Right. And not their, being able to get their dresses here. Yeah. Well, a lot of the factories, they're so overwhelmed. They're already six to eight months, but now we're coming up on Chinese New Year. Okay, so true. So yeah. now you're adding another month on. So a bride who's wedding dress shopping now, hoping to order a wedding dress, is looking at her dress arriving in October, November, December. And your really? seamstress still wants those six to eight weeks to work on that dress. Brides should be wedding dress shopping and purchasing a year to 10 months before their wedding. When you start getting to 10 months, you are cutting it extremely close. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to be a stock kind of girl because I'm just a hurry <laughs> up and go. Yeah. But even with You'd the stock surprised. dress. Yeah. yeah even a dress in stock, though, is still a good time period, right? It, well, for an in-stock dress, then they have to remember their options are going to be limited. They actually can't be as picky. 
Sure. So they have to look at the fact that this is all we have in your size. These are the designers that are currently available. We can't order these. We have brides coming in now with their weddings in April thinking they had time to order. Oh, wow. And we're like, I am so sorry. I'm not sure who told you that, but that's- They didn't do her homework. Do <laughs> we, yeah, even, even a rush designer, the rush process, the designers would tell you, number one, it could be a $250 charge. The rush process is still a five-month wait. So- A rush. Right. Right. Yeah, the rush. Yeah. This is a big deal. So what you do yeah, by it is a big deal. what you do by educating them is huge. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes we tell them, you know, especially if they're on a very short time limit, is that the um, the problem is that you know they they may be stuck with a, a specific a particular dress. Um, but now they're looking at limitations with the seamstress having availability to get them in. True. Yeah. A lot of things that a lot of people don't, well, they don't know. And, you know, it's, again, I think your boutique is really exceptional for the fact that you don't try to pressure the sale the day up. You want the bride to really be committed and comfortable and at peace with their decision. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. And we don't want an unhappy bride. Right. So a lot of our brides actually come back two and three times because they feel comfortable and we encourage them and people think I'm crazy for saying this, but we encourage them to visit two or three other shops. Yeah. So we well, she want knows, them to, She knows how good she yeah. is. <laughs> well, and not only that, but I mean, I'd love to help every bride. Yeah. You know, sometimes they can, sometimes they go elsewhere, but they'll call us and say, thank you so much. That was the best experience I ever had. I did purchase a dress elsewhere because either it happened to be something particular that was on sale or it was just one of those things where they put it on and they were just like, I'm happy with the dress. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this dress. But they call us and say, I found my dress, but you were by far the most exceptional customer service experience we ever had. That's absolutely what yeah. I was getting out of this conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, and we and we serve them champagne and mimosas without them even purchasing. As soon as they walk in the door, we're offering them beverages, um, you know, little hors d'oeuvres. We want them to have this really unique wedding shopping experience. So we're making it like it's a big family party getting together, even though it's limited guests. But, you know, we want them to feel like you don't have to purchase to have a wonderful time. Right. You don't pop the cork just because you said yes to the dress. You should be having this wonderful customer service because this is the most important season of your life is planning for your wedding and your wedding dress, your wedding dress shopping experience should be exceptional. Okay. And then we're running out of time, but let's talk about your podcast sure. that you do, the live. Um, oh. <laughs> so tell us about that yeah, and how did that originate? <laughs> Well, Couture Chats with Tess actually started with my public relations manager, um, Meredith Corning, really encouraging me to get out into the public, knowing, you know, I'm kind of a hermit. Uh, and she said, you know, people want to really know who you are. They want to see the face behind, you know, the brand and the label and the designs. And me, I was like, they don't care about me. They don't want to know about me. She's like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. So I was like, all right, all right. You know, twist, <laughs> you know, twist my arm. 
Um, so we started doing the couture chats with Tess, but I told her I really want to focus on interesting people out in our community, whether, you know, Cookville or Nashville or even a, a unique personality, you know, outside of Tennessee. Some, somebody that has something uh, important to share with the community, whether it be learning, uh, whether it be photography, whether it's wedding photography or documentary photography, wedding planners. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite is uh, Chris Keaton. Um, he's such a, a wonderful person, music producer, fashion consultant, works for Macy's, a long, long history uh, in, in the fashion and music industry, who is this incredibly positive person. And I wanted people to hear him on the show because I learned from him. Uh, he wakes up every day saying, I don't care what happens today, it's gonna be wonderful. I'm gonna learn from whatever happens today and I'm going to take that forward in my life and make something positive of it. And you know, someone like that on my show is, is such an important message, um, not only for people to have you know, hope, but encouragement, motivation, and just realize, you know, when things happen to you in life, it happens for a reason. And when you are down and you think life is really, really horrible, remember, there's always somebody that's having a worse day than you. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, being grateful for, you know, what you do have. So um, just, you know, I, I love meeting people like that and having them on the show and just being able to share them, their experience and what they bring to, you know, life across YouTube on Couture Chats with Test. Well, right. cool. we got to go check it out. And we'd like to thank Meredith for connecting us because Meredith mm -hmm. was on our mm -hmm. show, gosh, yes. several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. My time frame is all mm -hmm. off now, but yeah, Meredith's a super person and <laughs> she's opened up some doors yes. for us in, in Arkansas as well. So that we appreciate that. Yes. Well, Tess, yes. we appreciate you being with us. I know I want people to go to your website because um, you also have a, great philanthropic heart and the, the building that's being remodeled. I want people to go mm -hmm. to your site and learn more mm -hmm. about that. So if you would give people your contact information, tell them how to contact you. And Sure, sure. Uh, the website is obviously www.couturebytestbridal.com as well as testmanhotcouture.com. Dot com and if you need to spell it it's t e s s m a n n h a u t e c o u t u r e uh, they can reach me by tess at couture by testbridal.com as well as tess at testmanhawkcouture.com and uh, they can also reach me if they're interested in custom designing the boutique is 931 559 Nine, six. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. And Shannon, I'm in a little teaser here. Okay. We may see Tess and PCB at a bridal show sometime. Oh, I look mm -hmm. for, I hope Just, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yes, yeah. we are definitely looking at the February show. I'm so Oh, yes. so yes. a wonderful event. Yes. Well, yes. we're excited. So. so thank you so much for inviting well, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. I look forward to getting to know you more. And so I wish you the absolute best. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. All right. I'm Rick Steiner. That concludes another episode of Lex Life Discovered. And we thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Check out Lux Life Discovered on Facebook and Instagram and on 30a.tv.
See you next time on Lux Life Discovered.